Welcome to The Brew, a podcast series which deep dives into trending topics about business and culture. Now sit back and join in on the conversation over a cup of freshly brewed coffee. This episode is sponsored by Blackstone Launchpad at UCR, powered by Techstars, and the Office of Technology Partnerships at UCR. Welcome to The Brew. I'm today's host, Nikhil Marotra, and today I'm joined by the co-founders of Edge Sound Research, Ethan Castro, legendary music producer, and Val Salamaki, um, as you all know, is also the co-founder of FreeLogic Media. And these guys are building a revolutionary new audio technology, one that's not only going to let you listen to high-quality audio, but let you feel every single vibration throughout your entire body and I have tested the prototype myself and I have to say it's absolutely amazing the fact that you can feel <laughs> these vibrations you, in your chest with every single like no it's amazing but anyway we'll talk more about that later um, to get started let's talk about the origins of the company what's the story and the inspiration behind this technology and then how did you guys get together to start building this business from scratch. Yeah, I think Ethan, you can take it away because that origin story is definitely all yours. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so uh, I guess I can do the more unabridged version, but it's not really that much different. <clears throat> so I uh, was a premature baby, and because of that, I had a lot of issues. And because of that, I had a lot of surgeries on my ears uh, when I was, you know, before I was even finished my first full term as a <clears throat> as a one-year-old no, or full nine-month term baby. And uh, that means that from a baby, I had scar tissue in my ears. And it, it, you know, one of them is fully all the way across, and the other one just has a, a couple different segments in it. And uh, that means that for the majority of my life, I didn't have a lot of uh, hearing. And I remember growing up, I would, I would say, I pacifically called you not to something. <laughs> and then my, my sister would just laugh at me and say, oh, yeah, Pacific? You're going to go to the Pacific Ocean? I'm like, yeah, that's what I can specifically find. You know, I could not hear the S sound. I couldn't hear S's or T's or the difference between a D or a, a DT, uh, sometimes a, a P or a M and N, or some of those. If I wasn't looking at your mouth, I wouldn't be able to know the difference. And also back then, I didn't know how to read lips. <clears throat> so years of speech therapy and stuff like that, I learned how to uh, uh, understand people, learned how to read lips, learned how to uh, take uh, cues from other people and, and, and kind of mix myself in back with humanity because I didn't want to you know, be always like the, the hard of hearing kid or whatever. <clears throat> Uh, th- thankfully, I didn't have to learn sign language, but um, be, because of the, the speech therapy and, and kind of focusing on training people, reading people's lips, I was able to get through a lot of school. And then um, <clears throat> I remember that the, in one of the checkups, the doctor said, hey, you know, it looks like you're doing fine. I was like seven or eight years old, I think. And he said, um, uh, your, ears are doing, your, your ears are doing great. The last tubes just fell out. You're doing fine. As long as you don't go into a career in music or audio, I think you'll be <laughs> just fine. <laughs> well, that obviously... Uh, well... Didn't come true. <laughs> it sure didn't. And if I couldn't have gone and flown closer to it, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's just the way I was probably wired. Uh, maybe something because I couldn't hear and I just love vibrations more because I don't know. But um, somehow, <clears throat> somewhere, maybe through my, my parents' love of dance music uh, from the 80s, mm-hmm. I guess may have been a cool thing because dance music had a lot of bass frequencies and my dad kind of being like a... Uh, a small audio aficionado I had some good uh, sound systems but I used to like hug the subwoofer and I used to like lay on the ground and, and feel uh, the, the sound frequencies kind of push over your body which apparently is a, is a common story for a lot of people that have, are deaf and hard of hearing mm. um, even if they can't hear they will lay down and uh, try to like lay next to the speaker and crank the speaker out loud super loud so they can feel the music and at least feel some of what's happening in there um, and so yeah I had the same kind of experience with that and then um, as I as I moved into high school and I started you know performing in bands and performing in orchestras and stuff like that obviously percussion because I could feel and I could tune with vibrations instead of my ears and then uh, my sister and I started making some music and uh, it would always come out real shitty and I <laughs> could not for the life of me figure out why I, I was hearing the same thing that I thought I was hearing from like the radio and like good stuff and then our, our music and I thought it all sounded the same and then I would go play it in like a different sound system or show it to somebody and it just would not sound the same and I was like what is going on and obviously mm-hmm. I know I can't hear it but um, I didn't think it was that different so 
I ripped off the grills of the speakers and I started feeling the the cones of the of the of the speaker drivers. So it, well, they weren't huge; they were like little three-inch uh, speaker things. And as I was touching them, I would I realized I'm severely missing something here because there's like a shit ton of bass happening in this thing that's overloading the speaker. And when I play this other song, there's not. So that's when it clicked to me. I gotta. There's something else I'm missing here. So I relearned. At that point, I was like 12 or 13 years old. I watched like hours of YouTube videos of people just speaking, like commencement speeches. And I, I wasn't, I was barely getting into high school. I didn't know what commencement speech was. But <laughs> I watched hours of commencement speeches, people giving award shows, uh, music on music on music. And just, and also, you know, like um, at the time when YouTube was just starting out, there was like the whole library of how you say every word. It was like right. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Macintosh. And so I would feel the speaker and I'm like, oh my fucking God. And basically it was, I was reteaching myself how to hear almost exclusively through the vibra vibration with whatever little hearing I had. So I retaught myself how to hear through those hours and hours and days and weeks of, of just feeling the speakers. And uh, eventually, I think at that point, that's when my music really started taking a turn and was like, oh, now it's clear. Now it's intelligible. Now it sounds better. Now the ideas are coming across clear. And I was like, ah, I've unlocked a, a hidden talent that, or a, what's it called, like a secret, a secret skill that came from, you know, a defect, a, de a defection in me. So uh, because of that, uh, I think I've always kind of attributed sound and 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 feeling and vibration to each other, and that ultimately led into an idea that I had when I came over here to do my doctorate at UC Riverside. Um, which was, is there a way to use that tactility as a separate form of hearing in order to make like a mobile multi-channel thing? But we had this idea that um, you could have headphones and then also have bone conduction headphones and they would transmit two different sources of sound. So you can have like the front and then back. Right. And it would be able to, you know, do four different uh, sources. It was cool. Yeah. I made it, I made a, a track. Uh, uh, I, I remixed the track New Order Perfect Kiss which has like a real, it was in the 80s when like stereo was like, holy shit, there's stereo. And then like there's two <laughs> things that goes ba, 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 ba on both sides. Yeah. And so what I did is I just remixed it. So it went like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, oh, four. Wow. And I was like, ah, oh, there should be nothing more obvious than this to be able to demonstrate that. And it, and it worked for, for a little bit, but it wasn't like super compelling, but mm -hmm. it worked. Mm -hmm. um, and so I sent it off to, I think, uh, a small talk a long time ago in 2017, but didn't go anywhere because I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> but but that that is what launched this whole uh, uh, idea that hey you can uh, 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 transmit communication. It was the first time in academia that we said we can transmit communication through vibration, mm -hmm. and so my professor Dr. Paula Chagas, my advisor, said hey what else can you do with this stuff? And I was like, let me tell you. If only <laughs> I had these materials, I can really demonstrate and show mm -hmm. you. And then he said, okay, fine. So here he gave me, um, uh, they gave me some money to get some materials. We got a sub pack. We got these little exciting, um, these little uh, pieces of the technology that I'll, we'll go into later. And what's the and sub then, pack um, before you? The sub pack is, is a backpack. It's like a wearable subwoofer. So you can, um, uh, you wear it and then it, it provides all the low frequency information through vibrations in your body. And then you have to plug in headphones to get the rest of the information. Nice. Uh, and then there's these little things, uh, speaker driver components called exciters, which is basically like a speaker driver, but you rip out the cone. And then instead of um, attaching it to anything else to move air, you attach it directly to a surface and then it moves as a surface just a little bit. Uh, very mic like less than millimeters thick. It moves. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, um, and so between all of that stuff, I started experimenting and I started really uh, coming up with a lot of stuff. And um, and eventually that made its way to what we have today, which is the prototype of our thingamajiggy over yonder that is not in frame. <laughs> <laughs> it will be in frame a little bit later. Yeah. So, so that's the unabridged version. <laughs> well, first of all, that's like super inspiring yeah. to be able to, to hear something like that, that you're like taking something that set you back a little bit, but you made the most of it and now it is like a huge part of your life yeah. and it's continuing to grow even more. So um, yeah, you came to UCR, um, started doing some research, started making things. Yeah. <laughs> but how did you and Val meet and what came of that relationship? Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I can kind of tie into that one. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but, I talked uh, talk enough. I'm good. <laughs> no, you, you got a lot more talking to do, man. Uh, no, but the the kind of the way that me and Ethan met was, uh, I mean, obviously it all started with Free Logic Media, what we were doing. Um, but while we were working with artists, obviously Ethan was producing music for artists. We were doing the marketing for artists. And then I actually came to EARS, uh, which is on campus, the UCR facility. The Experimental Acoustic Research Studio. 
Nice little plug. <laughs> I like it. Um, but I went to Ears because one of the bands we work with, obviously Delfino Squared, had a little performance there. Uh, I came and Andrew Europa, who is also in PCT, was. Uh, do you want to meet uh, Ethan? Uh, he's he's the, he's the top dog here, pretty much. That's the he's nice crazy. Way. <laughs> and PCT nice is Black uh, Data, by the way. Just another nice plug. Another nice plug. <laughs> Andrew Europa is also the current president of the Ears Student Group. Okay, there's enough uh, plugs. There. <laughs> but um, what 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 ended up happening was uh, me and Ethan started talking, and obviously. We, FreeLogic Media kind of fit the one part that Ethan wasn't doing and, and then Ethan fit the one part that FreeLogic Media wasn't doing. So mm. it, it kind of perfectly worked. We had, literally the first conversation we had, we had like a nice two hour kind of like heart to heart conversation, to be honest. Yeah. Like the first conversation we had was, uh, we talked about people we've gone to business with, what kind of people we want to go to business with, and what do we expect to have a relationship of people we go to business with. Yeah. And because of that conversation, both of us were really realistic about like, we don't care necessarily if you have the best talents in whatever space you do, but you have to have a good heart. Mm. So that was the main conversation we had. Number one. Number one, number one thing. And, and I, I think that's kind of where it kind of sparked because after that we were able to work on projects and even if both our time, uh, time constraints were really hitting us, we at least can have honest conversations with each other and like push things forward. Mm. Um, so from there, obviously, we started the show Keeps the Cave-In. Um, that was really cool. Obviously, FreeLogic Media, Victoria Media, and Edge. Um, Big shout out to FreeLogic and Victoria Media. <laughs> Man, you, you, you'll plug in everything <laughs> we have to do. Uh, but then after that, Ethan, Ethan invited me to his wedding as well. So that was an awesome opportunity to see Ethan uh, get married, uh, even though I'm his uh, second <laughs> second wife at this point with the amount of work that we're doing. Uh, but that kind of went into uh, <laughs> that kind of uh, quickly led into uh, uh, Ethan messaged me at the start of fall quarter. He's like, "Oh, do you want to help me with my dissertation?" And I said, "Sure," because what he was talking about was making something immersive. I've always wanted to get into immersive technologies, especially as a gamer. That just sounded awesome, but I didn't really have any idea what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. So at the very end of uh, November, he's just like, "Oh yeah, so this is what we're working on, and we're going to present to get prototype funding." Still had no idea. And then he that was the first time he told me about tactile audio, and I was just like, "Oh." that exists never heard of this in my life so uh we started working together uh made the pitch um and uh paulo uh was the one who presented it in front of the board um to get the prototype funding at that time we honestly had no idea what was going on because it was a week of me learning this technology ethan's been dabbling with a while but there was no like actual market viability it was just a concept um so after that it was uh we kind of sat down we're like okay there's a technology how do we make this now into a product right what kind of product do we create what actually has market value because the one thing that i've learned throughout my life is uh if you put a bunch of engineers in a room they're going to make something that's so dope that nobody's ever going to buy it uh <laughs> but uh having kind of a complementary skill sets that quickly kind of built the relationship and that was pretty much the origins of edge sound research which right. led into the opportunities that we have had in the last couple months that's amazing, guys. <laughs> it really is. So, I mean, it's been, what, like three or so months since you guys started building this out, right? And um, since then, you guys have been able to present and attend a huge, huge shows such as CES, mm -hmm. the Consumer Electronics Shows, which... It still blows my mind that like you guys were able to Same. do that. It's it, it's crazy. Like I, You're a good company. I I've been dreaming of going to a show like that forever, and now you guys are like you guys got to pitch your product there, yeah. um, which is fantastic. And then you also got to attend NAM, which is a national uh, association, association of music merchants. Yeah, N yeah, that. <laughs> it's the it's the CES for music technology and music and new things happening in the music industry, making stuff. Yeah. So that happened all in the course of like what two weeks last month mm -hmm. or something like that right yeah with, yeah within a month for sure. yeah within after we did our uh prototype presentation uh, in front of ucr then within that we got their notification that we we're going to present at ces so we had three weeks to prepare prepare for that um yeah. so that was our winter break wow <laughs> <laughs> so and so you guys got to that point because of the support from and i have it written down here <laughs> support from blackstone launchpad Powered, powered by, by tech stars at UCR, <laughs> yeah, right. right? That is correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a proper brand. And, and, yeah. and 
to bring more light to that Blackstone is one of the biggest investment companies in the world mm -hmm. so you guys are being supported by that too mm -hmm. um, so you I, guys I didn't know that it, yeah was, it is that's why they started no the whole concept with Techstars because what they realize is that they invest they're a huge huge investment firm mm. uh, but the one thing they realize is innovation comes from universities that's where they started yeah. Techstars right. and that's why they're growing Techstars because right now Techstars I think has 26 universities but what they're saying is they want to get to over 50 Yeah. Uh, because I agree with that that's the best way for innovation to start is you create those programs on campus and create yeah. the funding cycles. Well, it's good that it comes from the outside. Do you, do you remember Jeff McDaniels? Oh, yes. Jeff McDaniels. He, he, he and I, uh, we play Frisbee together, which, <laughs> by the way, um, ultimate Frisbee at UCR. Um, we, we, uh, we, I don't know how I'm doing this. Um, but anyway, we, we, we played Frisbee together a lot, and he was kind of the other person who was kind of doing entrepreneurship stuff at mm -hmm. the time, like two years ago when I first came here. And I was like, hey, let me in with all this stuff. Like, uh, you know, and he was, uh, he always was like, no, nah, you're a musician. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? And like, over time, I kind of like earned his trust and like, mm -hmm. okay, he's not an idiot. Um, and uh, also because he loved my huck throws from across the field. And he's like, God damn, this kid's got an arm. No, but um, he, he has been, he and I were talking a lot about a translational PhD, which is you generate research, but then you also have to, as part of your PhD program, figure out a way to incorporate that into the community or into the public or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a huge integral part. Coming from like the CSU and like the other, the non-research universities, that's all we had, which was we learn how to serve the community. Yep. And over here at UC, it was very different, which was we just we learn to learn and, and be the top of learning, and then someone else will take care of the handing it out to everybody else on, on the in the community. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's much different. Mm -hmm. Why can't we as students be the ones to do both or like to help that connection and stuff like that? So then, then of course, when Blackstone, I think they started this year too, right? This academic year was the first time. Well, at the, UCR, as at UCR, UCR, that's was correct. The yeah. First, yeah. So it was it was just kind of like ah serendipitous how all that all of it kind of fell into place. Mm -hmm. this kind of thing. Sorry. Okay, I digress. <laughs> And that was great though. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. What was so? What was your experience like as students um, building this brand new product? What was your experience like at CES? What What did you Who did you guys meet? What did you guys do? Um, and just what were the overall outcomes? One more plug, real quick, because we we have to recognize um, that the Blackstone. Um, uh, uh, Blackstone Launchpad. Blackstone Launchpad. <laughs> powered, powered by, by Techstars. Uh, <laughs> is at UCR, uh, thanks to the Office of Technology Partnerships yes. and the Research and Economic uh, Development uh, team mm -hmm. and, and the Epic team. And so a big shout out for them because they helped us and supported us. And they're the ones that actually nominated us mm -hmm. um, as Dude. part of this program to go to CES to meet all these wonderful people. Mm -hmm. So thank you, my, my Timrise, and the uh, Epic team and uh, everybody. Yep. Cool. So, uh, CES. <laughs> going back to the experience at CES. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, as, as students going there, especially, it was your first time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, as, as our first time, both yeah, of us. Yeah, I shit my pants. Yeah. <laughs> both of us being a tech <laughs> enthusiast, going to a place that has, uh, I think this year they hit 190,000 people there. Oh, so, it's, it's yeah. crazy. Going to Las Vegas, 190,000 people there, and it's not open to public. So, it's like people that are in, you know, industries and companies yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, it's really, really cool because that's where the new emerging technologies are really coming from. Mm -hmm. um, so, going there, Obviously, it was an amazing experience, and we were both super excited, but we were also a little bit nervous of like what, how this experience was going to be with us. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it was it, our experience. I mean, it was phenomenal. Like our um, going there, every single company you talked to there was open to having good conversations um, and and willing to kind of listen in on what you're presenting to them. So it's not just all about them; they were listening to other companies. Uh, we easily talked to what like a hundred probably 200 oh, companies yeah at least at least we talked yeah. to everybody we could but out of those uh we were kind of strategic on how we wanted to go about ces and we wanted to find companies that either we could potentially partner with or that could actually use our technology right. so that was the main kind of focus there to get their interest yeah um we did talk to i think about 25 20 to 25 companies that either wanted to integrate our technology or wanted to work with us to make it better. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a really cool thing. I, I'll let you highlight a couple of them because I think you yeah, no. provide the, the kind of the technical. That's right. <laughs> I'm trying to remember all my field notes. I, I, every day that we come back from CS, we were like dead. And so, and I had to write, this is in the middle of our development period. And so I was writing about each of these days in my field notes I have to send in for my dissertation. Um, but yeah, it, like, and, I, and a number of them were pretty cool. Uh, one was a, a French gaming chair, Ar Arcadio. Mm -hmm. And they have a, um, it's really cool. Their chair is a 7.1, 
uh, like they basically have eight subwoofer, little individual subwoofers in their chair, mm -hmm. and they uh, uh, in order and, they, and it, and it um, decodes a 7.1 channel. So if something's happening in front of you, you feel it in the front of your seat. Mm -hmm. And if someone's you know behind you or something sending to the surround channels, it taps in the behind. back of your, mm -hmm. your shoulders. I thought that was pretty cool. It, uh, and, and that we had a good conversation with them about how to uh, come at it from like a, a entertainment perspective instead yep. of just you know the engineering perspective. Right. Um, they, they, seem, they seem on the right track. And I think we have a good uh, uh, collaboration with them if that uh, ever goes through. If that goes through. Yep. Uh, then another cool one was um, uh, the Subvo has a special bend sensor, which is like the super nerdiest thing that I can think of. It's like <laughs> wow, a sensor! Oh my god, a sensor! And I'm like freaking out, freaking my my brains out over here. And I'm like, guys, your sensor is so dope. Do you understand what? Like, chill, man. It's just like a thing you stick on the diaphragm of the. the I don't know what you're getting all up <laughs> about. Like, they exist. Otherwise, I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. Like, it goes directly into a DSP. And like, oh my god, because of course that's like a huge kind What's of part of our. Sorry, it goes straight into the digital signal processing chip. So it's like the little computer that's telling it, uh, uh, telling the the speaker driver how to respond and how to react and, and how to tune itself or mm -hmm. fix itself. And uh, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tripping acid and balls out over this thing. And they're just <laughs> like, all right, cool, chill, man. And then, uh, yeah, that was cool. And then uh, there was, I, I there was, stood to the side while he was doing all of this. So I was just like, you do your thing. Yeah. And then there was another company right, right across from them, which is mm -hmm. really awkward because I would like trip over balls over there and then I turn around and be like, oh, your guys' thing is cool too. Uh, and they had a, a cardboard learning system that was basically like. Uh, an Ableton push kind of thing, but like in physical buttons. So like actual arcade buttons that you could push in a four by four grid and knobs and potentiometers and stuff like that. But then they had speakers like on the back of the thing. And I was like, well, this is awesome if you're like pointed at somebody and like shooting bass to their face, but how are you supposed to hear? Like how is everybody else supposed to hear? And like, yeah, well, that's the problem. You know, we only have speakers. Speakers only go a direction. We can't put them anywhere else. And I was like, we got a solution for that. Do we have something for you? <laughs> and uh, so then, yeah, we came back the later day. Um, it may have happened that his name was also Ethan, that I thought that he was very compelling. Um, but his, uh, we said, hey, we could we could integrate our solution. They're making it out of cardboard, and cardboard is one of the best uh, uh, materials to use for um, tactile audio or excitation. And so I was like, yo, we can help you build this thing, flatten it down, and it'd be five times as loud with a much mm -hmm. wider range and a response. So... That's gonna be a real cool one, I think, to collaborate with. And then uh, who else we meet? Um, the three, there was a 3D ambisonic thing. Oh, so cool! It's a it's a speaker bar that has facial tracking, kind of like how the was it the PS the PS Xbox Xbox mm -hmm. Xbox the Connect, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost like a little Xbox Connect around top of it, and it tracks your head. So um, it basically will, if you turn your head, it will adjust it. So not physically move it. But it'll process the sound so that way this is a little more delayed. So that way, if you turn your head, it still arrives at the same amount of time. So if mm -hmm. you turn it the other way, it, it'll delay it on this side. So it'll hit you with the front and then also the surround signals separately. I don't think. So you get three. Anybody who's just listening to this podcast can't see my face right now. Yeah, no, <laughs> That's you're, you're, pretty cool. I know. You're like, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, the, that one I, I really like because they're able to actually create real 3D audio. So you can actually yeah. physically hear water drops, you know, in the wow. three, three, uh, 3D, 360 yeah, from like sphere. Yeah, like a single sound bar. Exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was super cool and yeah. something that we definitely want to um, <clears throat> And I was like, yo, integrate check as well. this out. <laughs> if you put this, instead of having speakers, because it was limited by speakers, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be facing it. And that's kind of the problem, though. But if you take the camera out, kind of make this everything, and instead of speakers, because essentially speakers are just where you put the sound to. And you can do so much shit. If we kind of uh, uh, deliberated, delineated the idea of speakers having to be these things that push air, your world opens up because now, you know, the different form factors and whatever can implement it. So I was like, yo, put this in a room and basically have uh, a bunch of these exciting things like following the room and your... your uh, um, uh, algorithm can then track somebody moving around the whole room and then you can follow them and then be able to have 360 degree with unlimited uh, accuracy of pinpointing where the sound can come from at any one moment. Mm -hmm. So, so <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is cool. That's another collaboration that will hopefully, as like a, as like a demonstration of the nth degree of the technology, I think could be really cool. Yeah. 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 So you guys definitely took a great approach for CES for sure. Like Hell you got yeah. like some potential partnerships in the pipeline yeah. because you guys networked really well. So that's, that's awesome. But, and Val, you were the one who did the actual pitching at mm -hmm. the Techstars competition at CES. So, and I know you've done like multiple speaking engagements mm -hmm. in the past, especially throughout campus mm -hmm. and, uh, have pitched other companies as well, but this is definitely the biggest stage. Right? Oh yeah, oh, by far. I mean, C CES, like you can't really get yeah. much bigger than CES <laughs> for pitching a startup. Yeah. So, 
this is the biggest stage that you've pitched on, presented on mm. in general, and you showed up in the media and stuff too. Like you mm. were on Techstars Instagram. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you were too. But, Thanks, Nico, uh, for shouting us out every time we were mentioned. On we appreciate it. I got you guys. <laughs> but anyway, man, like, what was going through your head at the time? Were you nervous? And like, what? Just what was the experience overall? Actually, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, overall, like. Usually when I do presentations or anything like that, it doesn't matter what public speaking kind of environment I am. Um, I usually get nervous before I say the first word. And then after I say the first word, then I, I feel super calm because I kind of get, just get tunnel vision. I block everything else out except for what I'm trying to do. Right. The only reason why this one was a little bit more interesting because it was an open floor. I'm so used to talking engagements in a closed like forum system or whatever. Right. Since this was an open floor, anybody was able to come in and listen. And the acoustics weren't the best because it was really, really loud. Everybody's still networking in the back and all mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So it was it was interesting. I didn't really uh, get nervous on the extent of um, who I was presenting to. I, di I didn't really see that as a problem. What the kind of nervousness for me was coming from is uh, can they actually hear the story I'm what trying to tell saying, because yeah. of the acoustics. Um, the, the pitch went pretty well. I had a, a one little flub up, but the only only people that would know about it was actually me and Ethan because I showed it to other people. They're like, I didn't I didn't hear anything. The only reason why we knew it was because we practiced it right. so, so many times before yeah. it. Um, and I kind of like tweaked two parts around, but it still worked. But the, <laughs> the, 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 the thing that was really interesting was we didn't get our patent provisions to actually like formally be able to talk mm -hmm. about this technology mm -hmm. until the day before a pitch at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. So to kind of put in perspective what oh I was thinking God. like going into this. Was and like, what time was the pitch at? The next morning yeah, at 10 a.m. Or 11 a.m. 11, 11 11 yeah. wow. But, it, but we, we couldn't give the pitch. Yeah, if, if right. we didn't have the patent provisions, we <laughs> right. wouldn't have been able to speak. Yeah. At could, all. Well, we could have, but I would have even make even more grandiose, just right. kind of bullcrap statements. But yeah. uh, we couldn't answer any questions about it. And, exactly. Know, it would have been kind of pointless. I mean, the yeah. um, the main point where I was trying to get across with the pitch, it's, it's kind of hard because this technology is so different. Feeling sound, it's like, how do you really explain that to somebody unless <laughs> yeah. they've actually experienced it yeah, before exactly so what we did during the pitch is i, I tried to turn it into a experience that most people have tried mm. uh, especially kind of worth the target audience because the target audience wasn't necessarily really really young folks if it was young individuals i would not have <laughs> talked about the original t-rex uh, in <laughs> jurassic park because a lot of younger people haven't seen the original J jurassic park they're used to jurassic world and all sure, the new stuff yeah. oh man which is sad, but uh, the most iconic scene, what I was trying to really represent there is that when the T-Rex is approaching the car and you actually see the water vibrating, that's a good way to kind of put in together what this technology does. You mm -hmm. That water vibration is what you feel through your body. Yeah. So you'll feel the T-Rex coming towards you in the car. So that's the way I was trying to do the pitch. Um, yeah. It gets some excitement out of it. Um, it, was, it was a great experience um, overall. I mean, it was super cool. Um, it, was, it was quick. I mean, it was only a two minute pitch. And then after that, they asked, three questions it was really really quick you had a really good response to one of the questions which was uh uh is there any kind of health repercussions from this technology and he's just like well there's I'll a lot tell you of about the health benefits exactly <laughs> <laughs> nice. so, so he was able to turn it out real quick uh i think i think overall it went really really well uh the the, the person that won the pitch competition by far she should have won it mm -hmm. uh yeah. she created a way to clean out plastics from the ocean uh which was just through a, like a turtle thing through a turtle thing that oh my God. biodegradable yeah it's like a turtle a biodegradable turtle you put in the water and it, it like eats the microplastics yeah and it's like shits out clean water it's yeah. not a real turtle yeah okay yeah. so it's they, a it's a it's, it's it looks shape. like a turtle so yeah. that yeah. it fits in like so you can uh, just put it into yeah. the, okay. the space but i mean i was just so, like I mean, you're cleaning the we'll, ecosystem we'll like that. yeah well i was like you win that that's all that's that's all on you and even at this point it's just like we are now at a month in our idea so i was like i'm not expecting us to win this competition but i mean we really use that opportunity and kind of what my thought process throughout it was uh when i finished the pitch and it was all over i was really really relieved because at that point it's like we we did our job here we did exactly what we came here to do and now we have the credibility under our belts mm -hmm. because the biggest thing when you're building a startup especially young gentlemen as us coming from university and all this kind of stuff is you got to build that credibility especially in, a, in an industry that's been around for such a long time you don't go to just audio heads and just be like oh yeah we got this new thing yeah implement or go to like a like go to disney and say buy this from us you have to have some credibility mm -hmm. on your belt and i think that by far is the biggest thing that came from um this opportunity that i absolutely loved yeah that's <laughs> that's that, that's really awesome. Saying yeah, CES under your belt definitely makes people want to listen a little more. Than yeah, just dismissing off the bat. Exactly. And this is 
again, two months in. Yep. Two months after. Oh, that was one, one month in. That was one month oh, in. That was at that point in time, it was one month in. So that was in what? Because it was January 8th, January. we started December, so it was a month yeah. and a week in yeah. of this idea. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, moving on. So you guys didn't quite have a prototype while you were at CES or at NAMM. Um, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, we, okay. Yes and no. So we had, uh, before we left for break, in order to have Val understand what it was, like right before we left, we had an alpha prototype where I just took the rest of the remaining things that the professor took or the professor got me for my early stages of prototyping for the other thing that I was doing. I was like, cool, let me just take all these things. And, uh, oh no, you, you had basically asked like, can you just do it right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, well, theoretically we could do this. And if we crank up enough uh, amperage to, to shove these things through your body, you should be able to feel the high frequencies. And he's like, well, show me. Can you do it right now? And I thought about it and I was like, I think we have enough materials. So I grabbed all the little uh, amplifiers and the other things that we had left available. We shoved them on the bottom of a chair, hooked it all up together. And then uh, sure enough, it was like, hey, proof, a very micro proof of concept. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing we had mm -hmm. until we realized, okay, we, we really need to hardcore this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then um, right before CES, I think I ordered some of the components to my parents' house over mm -hmm. Christmas break. And literally on, was it the, January 3rd or 2nd after everyone was like still hung over from like the Jan the January 1st parties that happened after New Year's it's a weird family thing um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm literally it's 4am it's like we leave the next day to come back home so we can get ready to go to CES on like the 4th right? mm. and so I, I it's like it's 5am and I text him I say oh my god it works I've tuned leather and I send him like this barrage of texts because I, I'm I like I ripped apart my, my parents uh, um, they had like this leather couch that the couch they didn't use anymore so I ripped open the bottom I shoved stuff in there just to see if it would work and then it, it worked and I was like great so then we got this other thing uh, um, then we got this gaming chair that was going to be like the, the the testing ground for the beta prototype yep. and I was like sweet and so I started ripping that apart and I tried finding other things I, I ripped apart my parents house to try to find pieces of wood and like I went to their, their like little workshop place and I think they're working on a project and I just like ripped off a piece of wood so I could mount the back of this uh, you know this big shaker on the back of you it. You did not tell me and, any of this. Oh, it's probably not right. the world. Mom and dad, I love you so much. Thank you. Um, Do they know? I mean, they found out when they woke up. I was like, look what I did. And like, isn't that from? Don't worry about it. And yeah, so I ripped apart the back of their shit and then it was like all these wires and stuff hanging out of it and then uh, and they come downstairs. Well, first of all, they sent me a text at, at 3 a.m. saying shut up because I'm playing music and testing it and tuning it and, and like being loud and it's echoing through the whole house and stuff like that. Because um, surprisingly, the vibrations, when the, the whole thing vibrates, it can get pretty loud. Mm. And I'm over here crank. I've already been, you know, testing it, testing, testing it. So I can't hear the difference anymore and I keep trying to increase the immersion. So I'm screaming it as loud as possible to, to determine that even if it's as loud as possible, it's not going to like uh, uh, break down anywhere throughout the chain. So as loud as possible, crank it, tuning it, it's four in the morning. My wife's asleep in, in the, the upstairs right there next to the thing. And my parents are asleep down the hall. And uh, and all three of them ended up texting me at different points of the night, telling me to shut up. And then by five o'clock, I was like, it's okay. I'm done. I did it. I texted Val. He's like, I'm, I'm super stoked about this. Uh, and he's like, well, I can't wait to try it. But what the fuck were you doing up at 5 a.m.? And I was like, I just needed to do it before we left. Because if we didn't leave, I, would, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be able to tell them, like, we have it. it. I, right. I wouldn't be able to know exactly if the idea would work or not. So I just, I just needed to do it. Right. And so I'm glad I did because then we were able to come back out at CES. And then we were able to talk to, you know, my parents. Uh, my mom's a special education specialist. And so just grabbing some ideas from her after she experienced it. Because, you know, you just, you just need to experience it to know. Mm. And so having to be able to talk, to, have that conversation mm -hmm. kind of helped us be able to prepare for the CES and uh, future conversations so yeah. nice <laughs> so <laughs> the gaming chair you're talking about is it that one right there or was it another one no it's that one right there is yeah. that one right there so okay. it, it used to have a leather a pleather back on it and uh, mm. now it doesn't now it doesn't because we ripped that fucker off <laughs> <laughs> and we and yeah funny story we tried to put a different type of back on there shout out to LV, uh, Eddie Alvarado from Alvarado Custom Woodworking. Uh, he, he really worked with us to try to make a custom back for this thing, but <clears throat> it, it ended up not, we, the day before we were showing it to the investors at the uh, at the Epic in UC Riverside, and it, it, it just vibrated too much. There's so much more that we have to learn about this stuff and yep. about how to secure the foundations of vibrations, but it's a lot of power in this thing oh, yeah. for sure, so it's gotta be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so now that 
you guys have been through all of that, like mm-hmm. building out the prototype, and you have the prototype. Uh, I know throughout like the last couple of weeks, you guys have been showing it around campus, mm-hmm. UC Riverside campus, and other locations with a lot of foot traffic. So, what have people been saying? I mean, I already said in the beginning of mm-hmm. this that like I loved it. I thought mm-hmm. it was absolutely amazing. But what what is everyone else saying? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I can I can talk to kind of what happened uh, yesterday when I was showcasing it at a JBS barbershop. So um, the nice thing about being a uh, TA for a class that uh, or a lecture hall that has over 300 students is you can do a nice little plug at the end of class and say, come try out the prototype. Um, so I announced it to the class um, and about, I would say, like 30 or 40 of the students uh, showed up at Jabez Barbershop. Really excited to see it because they've heard me talk about it, but they had no idea what it was. Right. Um, they went in there. I started giving some small demos. Did not allow any of them to try the holy shit mode that we have created. Um, however, I lo- allowed them to at least try on a pretty pretty high uh, level still um, to just just try out this technology and get their first takes. Every single person was saying the exact same words, which is exactly what we're looking for: is wow, this is immersive, immersive, yeah. immersive, yeah. immersive. I agree. That was exactly what we we're looking for because it's okay to build a technology that makes a little bit better and it's gimmicky like oh you can feel a little bit of something mm-hmm. but it's a whole other thing if people are literally feeling immersive because that's what we want to be able to create right that you feel that you're part of whatever you're watching or you yeah. know playing um but the majority of the feedback and i agree with this as well because this is probably where we're going to start with is the gaming industry mm-hmm. the gaming industry is blowing up a lot of people are gamers nowadays to play very basic games call of duty or even if they're playing fifa or madden or something like that but even in Madden, when you're tackling someone, you're, yeah. you're still a thump mm-hmm. and you want to feel that. Yeah. So um, every single person that I showed it to, uh, first <clears throat> I was playing some songs and then I played the Call of Duty trailer. Right. Um, and after I played that trailer for one person, every single person after that was like, I want to try it. 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 I want to try, 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 try it. Every single person loved it. They're like, I cannot wait until I get to play this with Call of Duty, stuff like yeah. that. But a couple of things I noted to them, I was like, look, we're still prototyping. It's still extremely expensive to create this. Mm-hmm. Once we figure out the specs and all that kind of stuff, then we're definitely still going to go to businesses first. And then the consumer will be able to enjoy this. Right. Um, so there's a long, not a long time, honestly, at the pace we're going. I don't, ah. I, I don't know what uh, what long means anymore, but um, but <laughs> at least from the reactions that we're getting from everybody else, gaming seems to be the, the good starting point um, because that was the experience. They're, they're just like, wow. Like, it's so different to be able to feel grenade blow up and gunshots and like 50 cows shooting at you. It, it really take is. Take out of context. Oh, oh yeah, please don't take that out of context at all. But like, it, it is, it is. Oh my God. <laughs> please, please oh. definitely do not take that out of context. Oh as, as a gamer, please Tr- do not take warning. that. Trigger warning, trigger warning. <laughs> trigger warning, yeah. PTSD. Uh, but like, it, it, is, it is a very, very interesting experience because uh, me playing video games my entire life actually being able to feel what I've been playing yeah. was like, wow. Yeah. So that, that was a factor that a lot of people, at least in the feedback side we got. Um, do you have any I, I feedback find, on like music? Producers? Yeah, I was gonna say on the, on the other, on the flip side of it, I mean, I kind of, uh, the intention for me to create this technology was for me to hear better and mm-hmm. for uh, my peers to hear better in their mixes too. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, the majority of studios and producers and people working in music aren't the people that are in that top you know tier of music producers that have these uh you know they're not from the disney the warner brothers the sony the universal music which you know they have you know a a certain amount of very high-end studios that exist in in the world Mm -hmm. and of all the people that are in this this business you know only a few uh, uh, amount of them get to go into these finely tuned rooms Mm -hmm. that are that are have been uh, been designed to have the ultimate listening experience for for speakers um you know just because just because of the nature of sound sound reverberates sound emanates it it, it hits walls and stuff like they're standing waves there's so many things that happen with music and uh, the idea is like hey how can we there's got to be a better way for us to get what's happening information there's Mm got to be a better way to have information communicated to our brain uh, instead of relying on on ears or the room or because even people standing in a perfectly tuned room will mess up the sound Mm. so um that was kind of the original intention was hey maybe i can make this like little panel or something that you can just kind of like sit and listen and, and feel uh, and then get the information kind of directly into your body that way instead of by doing that. So I, I think that was that was a cool uh, original kind of concept for it. Now that we have the chair, I don't let a song come out of my studio unless I check it on there <laughs> or into one of the other prototypes that we've had up until this point. I, mm. I have to hear it on there. 
mm-hmm. because it tells me stuff that my my what like four thousand dollar speaker setup misses because my room's not set up correctly right or uh it sounded good in the room because they're you know they're, they're tuned speakers to make it sound real good mm-hmm. um or, you know even though they're not supposed to but every speaker system it, it, nothing can be perfect just because of the way it is but you know if it moves movement is more or less absolute so you can I know if someone has done a, a shitty mix. I know if someone messed up on something. I know when your, your vocals aren't undone right because I can feel it. Yeah. Mm. And so um, the, I've, I have a, a friend of mine, um, Seven Bailey, from the uh, MIA program that I did my master's at in CSUN, the Master's in Music Industry Administration. Um, we, we're going to, as soon as it's kind of ready, the music test is going to be the hardest test. And that's yep. what I'm always aiming for. Uh, entertainment is cool. You know, As yeah. long as you get the feeling, it's awesome. It's something that's completely new and different. But I'm aiming for... The music like this should replace the u- most ultimate speaker setup you've ever had the, yep. you could you could ever have and if it passes that test the rest of it will be in the in the cake mm-hmm. but so that's what i'm striving for and uh, i think in about two years after we have enough prototyping and funds and we've refined this technology to the nth degree um, i think it'll be ready to go to the most scrutinizing of ears or at that point body <laughs> skins i don't know how you're gonna the, the, the say you got the golden ear anymore but, yeah yeah no, but the I think the important thing to take note of what Ethan just brought up is um, our team, the competencies of our team are so diverse, and that's why we're able to kind of get into the right spaces. Yeah. Ethan, coming from a audio engineering background and being a producer and being in this music industry for a long time, and that's where it originated, is a very interesting concept because he understands the kind of the scrutiny behind mm. these kinds of things. And then we have a super, super smart engineering team of complementary skill sets that allow Ethan to say what he wants and then actually being created. And then my job here is to make sure that actually creates money because <laughs> if it doesn't yes. make money, there's just there's, that group of engineers that make something really cool. And, and nobody buys. Buy. Yeah. But the, the reason why I bring yeah. that up, why it's, it's so important is because a lot of times uh, when people are getting into new technologies, it comes all pure engineering background. Yeah. And if you come from a pure engineering background, mm-hmm. Um, the experience, they're, they're ignoring what he's talking about right there, which is how perfect it needs to be for that specific industry mm-hmm. and how much scrutiny is going to come. Because if an engineer creates it and hasn't been in that industry, they wouldn't understand those really, really specific yeah, concepts. And stuff, exactly. Yeah. So that, that's why I, I believe that, at least for our team, we have a very well-balanced team that actually can execute what we're mm-hmm. talking about. And how big is your team right now? Five? Five and then uh, and then you three of them and then support from Paulo as well yeah and then well yeah so like five uh, active core and then the support around it is is a pretty pretty hefty yeah (laughs) uh, group of uh, yeah so the the professor uh, we got financial backgrounds uh, a lot of entrepreneurship backgrounds of course uh, legal background Mm -hmm. um, yeah there's everything that we possibly could need I think we have somebody we can always go to who is more or less invested into us as as uh, entrepreneurs. That's great, guys. Yeah. So, what, what's been, yeah, what's been your approach to get to this point so quickly? And where do you guys see yourself in the next few months? How did we get here so quickly? I, I think that's a mixture of <laughs> a mixture of two things. One, it's our personalities because if For you sure. throw anything at either of us, we mm-hmm. will get it done as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is we actually, it goes kind of back to our personalities, but we kind of got challenged to, for example, everything that we've done so far, it's been uh, a lot of the entrepreneurs in residence at UCR, as well as um, Scott, who's in, in charge of Epic, kind of giving us challenges, being, okay, you guys want to make this and you're serious about this. Show me that you're serious about this. Put money, build your prototype, and do it by the end of January. So, of course, Ethan being Ethan, he did in the first two weeks. <laughs> so he knocked that out. So we... The pace that we're going at is because we're getting challenged and getting pushed back, and mm-hmm. we want to prove to everybody else that we are 100% serious about this. And this is not something we just want to make a gimmick or make a licensed product or anything like that. We want to make a business, mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. serious about it. So that's definitely where the speed's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and our team is all dedicated for it. So I think that's the mm-hmm. other thing that it really kind of makes it come together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least on, I think, on e- Ethan's side, I, I think you can talk to this more, but I feel like because our team is, the competencies of our team is so diverse, we're able to make it go mm-hmm. faster. Yeah, big time. Because, I mean, like, uh, for example, uh, I'll, I'll use, uh, I was sick for a good chunk of time, uh, like right before we came back and launched into this, which was insane. But uh, right before that, I was um, stuck in kind of at home 
uh, and I was bored. So naturally I ordered some speaker components to my house uh, so that way I could figure out electrical engineering, mm -hmm. the, the stuff needed to in order to make the, at that point, what I thought was just my dissertation project. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it took me forever. It took me two months to figure out how to make little canned speakers, uh, speakers out of a, out of a, a used food can, right. uh, which ended up being pretty dope, but it just took me so long to kind of come up with some basic, basic stuff. And then, uh, you know, I, I, once we started launching into the stuff and uh, into, into edge sound research and, I, and, and we started uh, reaching out to these engineers who had I could explain to them kind of what I've learned over you know this three month period, and uh, they're like, oh yeah, we know how to do that. Oh yeah, I took a class on that. Oh yeah, I already <laughs> did the thing. I'm like, oh my god, where were you two months ago? I was trying to figure out how to do some basic shit over here, and, and yeah, so they they enabled me. Uh, they enabled the knowledge that is required for it. Um, the the fact that I've been studying this for like three years mm -hmm. enabled the wisdom that I needed to do this. Also, the, the people that I met along the way who have kind of unlocked years and years of wisdom who said, mm -hmm. hey, here's the research that I've done. Continue. That's unlocked a lot of wisdom. Yep. I'm thankful for uh, you know my family to unlock uh, at least some of the financial uh, needs that we needed. Because I said, hey, this is a thing. Can I do this? I'm like, yeah, sure. Put it on this. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, you know, they unlocked our resources to be able to do that. Yep. Um, and then now the now it's going to be uh, now it's kind of leading up to Val to unlock help unlock some more of those resources and connections and, and bridging the gaps and oiling everything to make sure that the, any uh, snag that was going to be in the road is no longer in the road. But yep. yeah, definitely a team based thing. Definitely uh, just everything kind of fell in, in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. And to answer your second question, which was like, where do we see us? Kind of what, what is our next steps? Where do we see ourselves in the next couple of years? Uh, our biggest goals right now is to really, really formally finalize a, a solid prototype that we can have an MVP and get our first kind of pilot test customer mm -hmm. uh, to really prove the concept and getting some traction to the market to start building cash flows because in order to consistently prototype, we need obviously money for that. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing we want to really be able to do is get into an accelerator program. So we're right now we're currently looking at Lyft uh, from Techstars mm -hmm. uh, for the summer mm -hmm. to be able to get in that program. So we get a little bit of funding. It's not, a, uh, well, it's a solid amount because it's non-dilution. So they don't yeah. even take any equity. Uh, I believe it's what, $10,000? Yeah, um, for five prototypes. Exactly. Um, and then uh, based off of that, um, they'll start really pushing us forward. Um, we're also already, we got the notice that we're also going to be presenting in uh, New York, in Times Square. Um, we don't know exactly what the date is. I think she said it was in like October, November-ish something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's what it was last year, but that's, oh. that's, that's, that's cool. Oh, we're doing it? <laughs> yeah, we're doing that. She cool. said we're guaranteed to do it. It's just the, um, the question that becomes is wh which is the final team to present, but if we get into Lyft, we're also going to be the pre presenters there. From well. Lyft um, and not just from the... It's through UCR. It's through UCR. Oh, cool. Yeah, so they already nominated us. It's just a question of are we presenting there or not. Cool. Um, so that's uh, another cool opportunity. So yeah, our main focus right now is we want to finalize the prototype. We want to get into our first pilot test and prove it that it really works, get some excitement there. Uh, but then it's a lot of speaking engagements and making sure that our business model works. So as of right now, the next two weeks, all I'm going to do is lock myself in a room and type out a business plan for us. <laughs> that is going to be like a solid 30 to 40 page business plan that's going to outline absolutely everything we want to do. Once again, this was a challenge that they gave us and they kind of want a bare bones one. I don't want to do a bare bones one. If you ask me to do a business do plan, I'm making the best business plan possible. So we're going to do that and then hopefully secure more funding because yeah. well, that's what I'm doing while he's doing yeah. business plan is I'm, I'm grant writing mm -hmm. like nonstop. Yeah. We already have identified like what, six, seven grants Yep. in different kind of industries. Nice. Yeah. So once, once those open Ooh. up, we have a pilot, we can go through it. Um, you don't know. Maybe we have an opportunity to commercialize in the first year of production, which would be insane. Oh, my God. But uh, you, we, we don't know where it is at, at this pace we're going. A lot can still happen, yeah. uh, but we don't know. And also another thing that's kind of pending right now, and hopefully it does end up us getting nominated for, is to be one of the speakers for the TEDx UCR, which would be fantastic, mm. uh, giving a speaking engagement talking about how audio technology has changed. Mm. Because uh, I, this is something that needs to be educated. Like, people need to be educated in this space. It's not something yeah. that you can just... Make a product, commercialize it, and then go to B2C because a consumer, once again, if you've never tried it before, yeah. you're not going to yeah, buy it. Exactly. I, mean, yeah. I mean, how, how would they know? I mean, for what, the last century, mm. uh, speakers have been the same. There's been no real improvements into the design of how you acquire audio. That's kind of what I was saying before is how do you get more directly to the signal? Obviously, the, the most, the best signal transference is like source directly to your brain. <laughs> 
That sounds very, until, very unhealthy. Oh, until, <laughs> until the Neuralink gets there, which I believe actually might be the ticket to how to get like direct transference because you can go directly to the immersive uh, cortexes of your brain and like stimulate those specifically and you kind of get the feeling without actually having to acquire the feeling from outside. That's an idea. <laughs> sounds kind of creepy. <laughs> Honestly, you don't you don't know where edge sound research is gonna go. This might become something that happens in ten years from now, or five years, or whenever Neuralink yeah. is ready. Uh, but I would say the good the good news is even if we don't get the speaking engagement, TEDx UCR is working with uh, the ears uh, facility, which mm -hmm. which we're also uh, kind of more or less prototyping and, and based out of for the the development of the product. Um, we're presenting the technology mm -hmm. in a sculptural and artistic way. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, calling all sculpture artists, we're looking <laughs> for uh, sculpture artists to make uh, basically either um, uh, um, artistic versions of guitars or uh, hollow-bodied instruments mm -hmm. that are made out of a wood of some sort uh, so we can integrate that with our technology so we can uh, have some beautiful high-definition uh, sound sculptures. Yep. So... A lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool, guys. Yeah. Seriously, thank you all for sharing your story. Honestly, really inspiring. Um, I'm sure anybody listening is definitely going to be more motivated listening to this, just how much you guys have been able to accomplish in mm -hmm. such a short amount of time. And I really wish you guys the most luck ever. Like, this is, this is going to be big, um, <laughs> for sure. But to close out this episode... Do you guys have any piece of advice for other startups who may be in the same stage as you, other up-and-coming startups that want to make it big? You want to start? Just do it! <laughs> Don't let your dreams be dreams. Man, Shia LaBeouf hit a nail on the head right there. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. No, le le legit, though. No, it is. That definitely yeah. is. Yeah, Shia. My man right there. Man, I watched Even Stevens growing up, and we had the same hair, so I, I felt a real connection to my brother over there. Uh, nah, literally. When I, when I I sometimes watch his video to pump me up sometimes, uh, and then I realize, that's right, it's get, get out of bed, jump out, I'll jump on Amazon, uh, go in a little bit of credit card debt, and just do it. <laughs> do it and make it, you know? It's, it's interesting what we can do with just a couple hours of the day, and... No mm -hmm. amount of problem solving our brains can do. So just yeah. do it. Whatever it is, whatever the idea is, you know, if, if you're not going to do it, either someone else is, but also don't feel like you can't do it. You can do something that resembles it and then get better at it mm -hmm. and you will eventually accomplish it and do it and then bring other people on board on it who can help you with your idea. But you have to be the person to start it. Yeah, totally. You know, I know uh, we know several very capable young students who, you know, in, in being in the pressure of academia may not want to try something like that, but... If they just try and they just go for it, they will be successful. Yep. Guaranteed. Even if they don't fa uh, succeed the first time, they will be successful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And don't be afraid of failure because, boys, this is my fourth, fifth time trying to do something in this realm. I mean, yeah, I, I've made four or five companies that I kind of just like left aside yeah. and I failed anyway. So you got to yeah. just keep doing stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely agree with that. And to add on to that, my two pieces of advice is one, you got to build a team that has the competencies to whatever your idea is, you got to build a team that is not the same skill sets as you, but mm -hmm. different skill sets. So you can actually make whatever you believe and vision right. actually happen. So that's right. one. That's part one. Mm -hmm. uh, part two is if you decide to go in with a startup, that is your like, that is your like, that's your baby that you got to go all yeah. in. It's not like you can kind of oh, I'm going to work on it whenever I get a little bit of time here and there. That's a hobby. If you want to build a business, it's you got to do everything you can to build that business. And yeah. that requires a couple of things. One, you got to put a little bit of money into it because if you don't have capital tied into your business idea, most likely you're not going to be so serious about it. Mm -hmm. You're starving that's, it exactly. before it even gets a chance. Exactly. So that's number one. And then number two, you got to be, if it's your idea, you got to be able to tell it to the world. You have to be comfortable and believe in your idea so much that anybody you come up to, it could be a janitor, it could be someone random in like an elevator, whatever it is, but you gotta be able to tell them, look, this is my idea, this is what I'm trying to do and get feedback from them. You gotta share your idea to the world. If you don't share your idea to the world, who's gonna actually, you know, end up learning about it or actually end up buying from you? So those are my two pieces of advice and if an entrepreneur follows those two at least, you'll get somewhere. <laughs> or find someone who's gonna, what's it called? Uh, be honest with you yeah. about what it is so that they can help you uh, reshape your ideas into legible things that people will understand. Exactly. Thank you, Val. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thanks again. Uh, great pieces of advice, great story, and thank you for tuning into The Brew. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning into The Brew. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode and tell us what you thought about our conversation in the comments below. If you guys like our content, make sure to follow us on our various social media platforms and we will see you all next time.